Hello, darlings. Welcome to day six of our Halloween week. Just about the end of all of it. Today, I have some true stories that two got for us, and even borrowed... Yes, I said that right this time. Borrowed some other narrators to help me bring these stories to life. Remember to like, share, comment, and subscribe. Now, turn off your lights. Make sure your doors and windows are locked. Things are about to get spooky. I know there's really nothing to be afraid of in the three seconds of running in the pitch black from the light switch to my bed. But I've been running for eight minutes now. This story was created by user Pendantic Seal. The title is The Time I Believe I Could Have Been Kidnapped. Narrated by Silver Underworld's Scary Stories. This happened to me and my friend Nick about two months ago. Now, I like to start off to say that I'm non-binary, assigned female at birth, and he is a trans man. Neither of us pass and we're both under 5'3". I'm 19 and he's 18. We like to meet up at this cupcake and coffee place, usually around late afternoon or early evening. That day was the latter. We have our cupcakes and tea, and by the time we leave the cafe, the sun has gone down. Good time to go home, right? Well, we have this tradition. You see, this cafe was in a strip mall, and it had a big lots. Our tradition was that we each buy one cursed item from said big lots. We bought a carton of whoopers and a tub of cheese balls. Earlier we had discussed that I would walk him part of the way home. As he told me that he had a random drunk try and grab him when he was jogging earlier that week in the area that we had to walk through. By the time we left, it was already dark out. As we were walking to the school, that is different from the cafe and Nick's house, it came up in conversation that we didn't have anything to protect ourselves. I didn't even have my pocket knife with me, but no worries. Nothing was going to happen. Right? Wrong. We were almost at the school, had just crossed the first street, need to get there in fact. When we heard a car approaching the intersection, we turned to see the car is a white pickup truck. Both of us immediately got a bad vibe. The car starts to slow down too soon and approaches the intersection too slowly, which is unusual as most of the time cars just sped through. The entire time the guy is watching us, Instead of going through, he pulls over to the lane closer to us and stops, continuing to watch us. He's about 10 feet away, close enough that we can see his face. He was a middle-aged man, but we couldn't see how big he was. We could see that he was grinning. Then we saw someone shuffling the back of the car, but it was too dark to see what the other guy looked like. The guy's grin flattered, 
When he noticed us staring back at him, Nick is in a fighting stance, ready to bash whoever comes out of the car with a carton of Whoppers, and I'm behind him. Looking over his shoulder, clutching my carton of cheese balls. I don't know what made this dude leave, but after what felt like a solid minute, he drove off. We didn't look away from the car until he was completely out of sight. Both of us walked away from the encounter, feeling like we narrowly escaped from something horrible. Now, I am now hearing this secondhand may not seem scary, but it was to me, and it had a lasting effect. Now, I don't go anywhere without pepper spray and a pocket knife. Using an ancient magical book, I learned how to teleport. As I was immediately transported into a plane of non-existence, the last thing I saw was a line of red text on the very corner of my vision. Banned for hacking. Duration? Forever. A foreign man tried to buy me. Buy Anonymous. Throw away count because I don't want my co-workers to accidentally stumble upon this story and somehow be able to identify me. Some information about myself. I'm a trans guy. I was born a female and have been physically transitioning to a male over the last six years using testosterone. I am 100% passing these days. I'm completely stealthy at work. None of the guys have any idea that I was a fab. Edit. A commenter asked what the paragraph above has to do with the story, and I'm really glad they did. It's important for me to be able to introduce myself when talking about the stories from my past, so that I can tell them in current voice and not the one I used to have. Anyways, my story takes place when I was 15 years old. A lot of people would have considered the 15-year-old me conventionally very pretty. I had long, dark brown straight hair, freckles, tan skin, and bright blue eyes. This day, my mom and I were in Dillard's looking for a particular type of shirt I named for school. Lucky me, I went to a public school that required uniforms, and our school's colors were very common so a lot of the more affordable stores had been picked clean. I would consider Dillard's to attract a certain kind of customer most of the time, mostly little old ladies that smell like powder. But I guess creeps can be anywhere. My mom and I were going from rack to rack trying to find school shirts when I noticed a man nearby. I glanced up at him and he was staring at me, smiling. He was probably in his late 30s, very tan, with shiny black hair. I looked away and continued searching for clothes. I guess my mom had noticed him too because I could feel that she was tense standing next to me. We calmly walked to a rack further away to see if he would follow, and he did. He kept a little distance, but his eyes stayed locked on me, and he continued smiling. He must have watched and followed us for at least 20 minutes. My mom tested him again, and we moved to another rack once more. He followed, 
This time he came up directly to us and spoke to my mom. Is this your daughter? My mom coldly told him, yes. She is very beautiful, a princess. Mom gave him a sharp, thank you, and went to pull me away. He reached for me and shouted, I would like to buy her. I would like to buy your gorgeous daughter. I will take her with me and give her everything she ever wanted. All the while still trying to grab my arm. I kept stepping backwards, but he continued advancing towards me, staring into my eyes, still talking about making me a princess at his palace. It all happened so fast. Suddenly, Mama Bear mode kicked in, and like lightning, she pulled me behind her to get between me and the man. She pretty much chest bumped him backwards. Through gritted teeth, she hissed at him that if he valued his life, he would leave the store, get into his car, and drive away. He tried to protest once, but my mom roared, Leave! His eyes got huge and he fell into a rack of khaki pants trying to get away. We immediately left the store and in the safety of the car, my mama broke down in tears. I don't remember even being afraid while everything was happening. I was ready to put up a fight of my life. But looking at the tears on my mom's face made me realize exactly how dangerous that situation was. There are cameras everywhere, so you'll never get away with this, the innocent man said as I aimed my pistol at him. I pointed to my badge, and we both knew I would. Uncomfortable Encounter with a Man as a Child Written by Riley1414141414 Narrated by The Night's End Podcast I was 12 when this happened. My grandma, her best friend, the best friend's two granddaughters, ages 3 and 16, and I went to dinner at the local Mexican restaurant. When we walked in, they sat us down at a bigger table. Across from where I was sitting... There was a 50-ish year old man sitting alone at a booth with his sunglasses on. He had a ponytail, a jacket, a t-shirt on, jeans, and he had a big backpack next to him. The table directly beside me was a boy, 12 also, I knew from school. His two foster dads and two foster sisters, like ages 2 and 3. The older man across from me saw that I was wearing a Nirvana shirt and complimented it. I didn't think anything of it. I just smiled and said thank you. The way the shirt had it, the Nirvana phrase, was placed on my chest area. But I was 12. Didn't even think anything of it. The older man started talking to my friend from school's foster dads. He then asked if he could hold one of the little girls. This is where I started to pay more attention. He held and played with the little girl for a while. I could tell the foster dads were uncomfortable, but were trying to be nice. The old man went back to his table and just sat there. He kept staring at me and at this point sirens were going off in my head. 
I was already uncomfortable and I could feel his stare. Mind you, he wore sunglasses the whole time. He never took them off. He just kept staring at me. I told my grandma I was uncomfortable and she said just to ignore it. The old man got up and held the little girl again, but without asking this time. He was playing with her and holding her and being really unsettling. The foster dads asked him if he could please put her down, and the older man hesitated, then put her down. He went and sat back down at his table. He continued to stare at me. He looked at me and said, I really, really like your shirt. This is when I was ready to go. My food had just arrived and I didn't touch a single bit. My stomach was in knots. I'd never ever felt this way before. I had to go to the bathroom, but where the bathroom was, it's a secluded area where no one could see you. I immediately knew in my gut that if I got up to go, the older man would follow me. Again, it's a secluded area and a one-person bathroom. I was ready to throw up, I was so scared. I told my grandma that I had to pee, but was scared the man would follow me and hurt me. My grandma's best friend's granddaughter was getting off vibes from him the whole time. She took a picture of him in case he did anything. We told the waiter we were ready to go and asked for the check. We went to get up and the man tried to talk to me, and the best friend's granddaughter said, leave her alone. When we got to the counter, my grandma told the owner that the older man was being really creepy and it made me feel really uncomfortable. The owner apologized and said he would take care of it. We left and dropped everyone off. It was just me and my grandma driving when I saw him walking on the side of the road. I told my grandma, and she said he probably got kicked out. I went home and told my mum how he made me feel, and she told me to always trust my gut. I told my dad and he said, well, what do you want me to do about it? It's over. My father is a whole story for another time. I took the Nirvana shirt off and never wore it again. I went to school the next day and asked my friend who was at the table next to me what happened after I left. He said the guy tried to hold his little sister again, and they kicked him out. I'm so thankful I trusted my gut. I know he would have done something. Thank God I've never seen the man again. As the electricity flows into the heater, I feel warmth in my hands for the first time in weeks. So, big shout out to all my patrons for tonight, and don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Hello everyone, Grim here. And today, I'm going to be reading a story by the name of Please Don't Wave at Strangers, written by the user WrongDefinition465. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy. I went to the library yesterday to drop off some books that were due, but when I drove up to the outdoor book return, the chute wouldn't open. I figured I must not have known how to open it, so I decided to go inside and return them. 
As I was walking towards the door, I noticed a man with earbuds sitting on a bench near the entrance. I thought nothing of it and kept walking, but when I got to the door, I found that it was locked. I was surprised because I didn't think the library would be closed yet. I knew they were supposed to be closed for Labor Day, but I didn't think it would be yesterday. There were cars parked outside too. I shrugged it off and walked back to my car, which was parked a few meters away. I didn't look behind me, but as I was walking back, I heard the man singing loudly to himself. It sounded more like he was yelling. He was saying, Goa, Goa, Goa. I thought it was a little bit weird and wondered if he was directing it at me because I was leaving, but I just ignored it. I've never heard anyone sing to themselves in public like that, so it creeped me out a little, but not enough to raise red flags. As soon as I got back to the car, the man started waving at me to come over. I froze for a moment because I wondered what he needed. I was the only one in the parking lot, so I was sure he wasn't beckoning to anyone else. But then I remembered a warning my father had given me not to come over when a stranger beckons me. He specifically told me that because of this one encounter I had at a park that was similar. Uh, That's another story. Either way, I found it odd, so I locked my doors and drove away. He kept staring at my car as I left. I felt guilty because I didn't want to seem rude or stuck up, but I didn't know what his intentions were. I gave it some thought later and figured he might have just wanted to tell me that the library was closed, but if he had wanted to tell me, he could have told me when I was at the door. There was no reason for him to beckon me over after I had just gotten into my car. I honestly don't know what to make of it. I think I may have overreacted a little. I suppose I could have driven up to the curb and lowered my window, but I didn't like the idea of that either. It could have been completely harmless and I misjudged but I can't tell for sure. I didn't mean to be rude, I just drove away because the situation creeped me out. Final edit. The title is a little misunleading. A fairer way to say would be, please don't beckon at strangers. Twenty minutes after the scheduled drop-off, she stifled her anxiety and called the school to ask why her son's bus was running so late. The woman on the other end sounded more panicked than she felt when she said, Is this another inquiry about bus 203? I promise we're working with the police and doing everything we can to find where they went. 
Creepy Guy Hiding in the Garden by Minimum Switch. So this happened to me when I was 11 or 12 years old over a decade ago, and I still remember it vividly. At the time, I lived in a semi-detached house with my mom, dad, and siblings. It was a decent size, but the most impressive part was the garden, which essentially had three levels. The first level was concrete, the second was grass, and the third, also grass, also had my trampoline on it. At the very end of the garden was a tree embankment. The area I lived in was somewhat hilly. One morning, I woke up to a cracking sound like a snapping branch, and I was worried since a week earlier a tree from the embankment had fallen onto our neighbor's garden. My bedroom was at the back of the house overlooking the garden, so I opened the curtains to see if another tree had fallen. Instead, I saw a guy hiding in one of the trees in the garden. He was pale with blonde hair and wearing all black clothing. He was looking directly at me, presumably because he saw the curtain move. He started smirking and moved his finger in a come-here motion. I totally freaked out and shouted for my mom and dad to come into my room. I was so scared I physically felt like I couldn't move. This was super early in the morning, by the way, around 5 a.m., so it took my dad about 30 seconds to get into my room, at which point the stranger had hid behind the trees. I remember being really shaken up. I was crying whilst I told my dad what happened. He went out to the back garden to see if he could spot the guy, but he was gone by that point. A bit of time passed, and I started to forget about it. Then about three months after, my mom and I were watching TV together after I finished school. The doorbell rang and my mom went to answer the door. I looked out the window of the living room where we sat and saw a white van parked outside. It was the same white van as my uncle's, so I walked out of the living room and into the hallway to say hi to him. When I got to the porch where my mom was standing, I realized it wasn't my uncle. It was the same guy I had seen in the garden a few months prior and it really freaked me out. He noticed me as I walked behind my mom and gave me the same smirk of when he was in the garden. I wanted to say something to my mom, but I couldn't. I was freaking out inside. Anyways, he just asked my mom if she wanted some work done on the drive. She said no, and he left, got back in the van, and drove off. He didn't give her a business card or anything, and the van didn't have any company branding, and he didn't knock on any of our neighbor's doors. I told my mom that it was the same guy as soon as he went, and she started to feel uneasy about the situation, too. A month or so after I got my first job doing the paper round, I had to deliver over 300 papers with my best friend at the time. It was getting towards winter, and it was dark around 4.30pm. We'd been doing this job together for around a month. When the one evening after school it was super dark and rainy, we were about halfway through delivering the newspapers when the van started following us, driving really slow, at the same pace we were walking. We clocked that it was following us after a minute, and we started to panic as I noticed it was the same guy again. 
We left the newspaper trolley and started to walk quite fast up the hill. We were about a ten minute walk from my house. I rang my mom, who made me stay on the line while she left the house to meet us. She told us to go to the corner shop. From where we were, that was about a minute away. When we made to the shop, the van sped off really fast. The police were called, who came to my house for a report. We told them everything. That was the last time I ever saw the creepy stranger. But I still remember what he looked like so vividly. I killed a rat today. And as I removed the shiv from Vinny's spleen, the shocked faces of the other inmates made it clear that no one will ever tell the guards about this gang's activities again. This story is entitled, The Balakava Man. Hanging on my window ledge. Written by Obi-Ron Kenobi. Narrated by Phoenix Fire. This happened to me when I was nine years old. 28 years ago. But I still remember it so vividly. I lived at the time in a seaside resort called Blackpool, England. In a modest four-bedroom house. The area itself was good with very little crime or concern. Until that night. I shared a bedroom with my brother. We had bunk beds, and I was on the top bunk. The bedroom was on the first floor at the rear of the property. My bedroom overlooked the back garden. One night, I was awoken by the sound of a window lock being tried. I opened my eyes and looked towards the bottom of the bed which faced the four large windows. To my horror, someone was outside, perched on the window ledge, attempted to get in through my window. I froze in horror, not daring to allow them to see I was awake. I remember sliding back down into my bed, keeping as still as possible. I lied there for no more than a minute, but it felt like an eternity. My heart was beating that loudly, I was sure it would give me away. When my eyes closed, I stayed still listening to them shuffle across to the next window. Unlike before, I could now hear a screwdriver or something in his hand, which was being used a little more forcibly to get in. Without moving, I opened one eye ever so slightly to see whether I could make out who this person was. A security light at the back of the property suddenly triggered mid-look. I panicked. Surely now he'd see me? Now he knew I was there. Staring back at me was a dark figure, black clothes, wearing a matching balakava, only his eyes on show. This horrible, startled, piercing look, clearly having been caught off guard by the security light. He froze and just stared. He didn't move an inch. I was now set up, equaling as stunned, staring back, locked by fear. I immediately jumped off the top of my bunk bed, 
There wasn't time for stairs. Screaming for my parents as I ran out of the room and into theirs. They tried convincing me it was a bad dream and told me to get back into bed. There was obviously no chance of that happening, and after a couple of minutes, they agreed to go and investigate, which simply entailed looking through my bedroom window. Nobody was there. They had gone. I got back into bed, still almost frozen with fear. What if he had gotten in? He might be in the room right now. He could comfortably fit in my wardrobe, or even under the bed. My brother, who was six years my junior, had slept through the whole episode and was no use. Looking down my bed towards the window again, I noticed the latch on the fourth window. It had been left open inside. A simple pull from outside would have easily opened it. I shut my eyes and remember silent tears falling down my cheeks. If he was in my room and knew I was awake, he might harm me to keep me quiet. Pretending to be asleep seemed the best option. And eventually, I must have nodded off. I was woken up the next day by the sound of my cat outside screeching in the garden. Daylight came through the windows, and the bedroom didn't feel anywhere near as scary as the night before. Cautiously, I walked towards my bedroom window. I noticed marks around the window locks from the outside where the paint had been scraped. It wasn't a bad dream. My cat screeched again, and I heard a commotion outside, below me in the garden. Three police sniffer dogs were parading around, A policeman was stood talking to my mom. I rushed outside but was quickly ushered back into the house and was told to take the cat indoors. The look on my mom's face. I knew she was trying to hide something from me. The ambulance, which arrived a short while later, gave it all away. Apparently it turned out someone had broken into the house next door through the back bedroom windows The motive? Well, it appeared to have been a simple theft, but the elderly lady who came across the intruder had been found dead at the bottom of her stairs. The police never found out who it was. But, then again, they never dusted our windows for prints as my story was never told. We left the house and moved away within six months. I still think they feel guilty for not listening to me and not acting differently. Even to this day, my parents don't wish to talk about it whenever I try and bring it up. As I lowered my son into his grave, I took out my cell phone and looked at him one last time. It made me smile to realize the sedative hadn't worn off yet, and the casket's Wi-Fi camera was holding strong. Halloween and Bloody Knives Written by No Honey Medved Narrated by Creepy Oz
This happened over a decade ago, but I only recently found this sub and I think it's a good fit. It was Halloween of 2008. I was in college and still in a relationship with my first serious boyfriend. We'd been together since high school and it took this night to show me our relationship was abusive. It took one more incident before I finally left him for good. He was wonderful when sober, if intense and controlling, but when he was drunk, I learned he was truly terrifying. This was the first such incident that truly scared me. He'd joined in a dumb game, some Gatorade and Shine challenge. They'd empty a bottle of Gatorade at least halfway, fill the rest up with moonshine. The goal was to finish the bottle within an hour and then tell them crazy stories. Well, he completed the challenge, but he never did tell his friends the story. He couldn't remember most of it, and it painted him in a horrific light. I knew things were heading downhill when he started calling me a slut after saying hi to a guy friend at the party we were at. I decided that we'd better head home before he got any worse. I thought I could nip it in the bud, manage it. We get home and change out of our costumes. James wanted to have sex, but in his state and after what he'd called me, I wasn't interested. Oddly enough, it led to him calling me a whore. I left the apartment to go smoke. Our neighbours were having a party and two guys were outside smoking as well. They came over to see if I was okay. I had been crying and they'd heard the yelling. I said I was, which they could obviously see was a lie. They let me know that if I needed help, they'd help me. James chose that moment to come outside. He said he'd hurt us and he told them to get away from me, stalking towards them. I stood up to get between them. They told me that they'd meant what they said and to not forget it, then told him to watch himself. I was facing them to say bye and thanks for the offer when one of the guys gasped, staring at my boyfriend in shock. I turned around and my eyes immediately caught on the ground. Just as what I was seeing registered, the other guy lunged forward and grabbed me, pulling me behind him. What was on the ground that had elicited such a reaction, you ask? Blood. Blood was dripping on the ground from his hand. He was holding a knife so tightly that he'd sliced his own hand open. I begged him to drop it, which he only agreed to when I walked back towards him. I was an idiot, I know. The two guys seemed at a loss and I feel so bad for them, having their Halloween ruined by this scary, crazy bullshit. They left me to it after I swore I'd be fine, reiterating that I could come to them for help. We got inside and I immediately started hiding all the sharp objects. I called James's roommates, begging them to come home 
He started screaming to give the knives back. How I was a slut and I wouldn't even have sex with him. What use was I? I called my parents and I left. I then called his mother because I was scared that he'd hurt himself. She told me that he was my problem now. I should have called the police but I didn't want to ruin his life. I know. I know. I'm ashamed to say that I got back together with him for six more months of hell after that. But today, I can safely say, James, please, let's not meet ever again. As we got into space, going as far as we could, we found an invisible wall surrounding our solar system. A voice came out of the void. Quarantine has not been lifted in this area yet. And with that, we're near the end of this video and ending day six of our Halloween week. I'd like to thank all the writers who let us read their stories, and I hope you all stay safe and away from those creeps. And I'd like to thank the narrators who lent me their voices to bring these stories to life. Silver Underworld, Creepy Oz, The Grim Reaper's Nightmare, Phoenix Fire Narrations, and the Night Ends Podcast. Thank you for lending me your voices and bringing these stories so well to life. All their links are in the description box down below, as always. Every collab I do, I will always have them down there. Now, if you enjoyed this video, hit that like button and make sure it feels it. If you're new, well... I hope you subscribe, because tomorrow is the finale of all of this. And remember to share this video with anyone who might enjoy it. If you'd like to help in other ways, we do have a Patreon, merch, PayPal, and now memberships on YouTube. All these things will always be appreciated, but never expected. Last but never least, 242 would love a comment down below to know how you like these stories and all the work she's done this week. She's really looking forward to those chains being off. But thank you for watching and listening. Sleep tight and don't let me bite. <laughs>